Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Live. Brought to you by April Fool's Day. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> that, that's not good? Okay. No. Coming to the world near you. Or a cedar near Okay. Area. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. We're pretty okay. I'm Josh. I'm Justin. Justin. And How's I'm, that? I'm pretty good. We're pretty okay at gaming, right? Something like that? I, I guess, yeah. Anyways, let's get to the fun stuff. Well, so how about that, April Fools? Are you are you an April Fools fan? No, absolutely not. Oh, good. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I always, no matter how many, how much prep we have before the day, say, hey, guys, don't forget, tomorrow's April Fools, because, and just totally disregard 90% of what's going to be in the news, uh, it, it gets to the point where anything that actually legitimate, that legitimately that comes out that day, it's it's difficult to decipher. Uh, and sometimes we've, and I'm sure people out there have instances, but sometimes big things drop on April 1st and it's hard to tell and people just, you know, push it off and say, no one's going to bring this game to only this market or something like that. So... Yeah, April full or April first this year was pretty brutal. Um, I got myself handed or I got myself served twice. <laughs> One. Yeah. What did you What did you fall for, or did you fall for so anything? I, yeah, no, I fell for. There was an article, and I sent it to you at work. But uh, there was an article that said that Diablo Four was going to only come to. It was going to be exclusive to the Apple Arcade, and for whatever reason, I. This was probably seven thirty in the morning, and I failed to look at the comments, and the comments would have gave it away. But I thought it was legit, and I sent it to you. <laughs> and, well, and and I, um, I, it was funny and interesting, and that was probably my favorite, if you can call it a favorite. Oh you yeah, know, hear the quotes. Yeah, but I think it. What isn't it actually going to be exclusive to the Apple Arcade? I think the. The Eternal. funniest bit or the non-actual story bit was that they were going to call it Diablo 4. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of it. But Diablo Eternal is what's coming to the phone. And yeah, but I think that says a lot. Like, you know, the whole controversy is they announced this with no actual announcement for an actual game. Yeah. Other than this mobile version. Yeah. So... This tells me that they actually do have Diablo 4 in the works, and everybody should just calm down. (laughs) Yeah, and I think they had mentioned it, and some of the people who were commenting about this article, and even in the uh, message itself, it said that some of these uh, job openings that were happening on their site, on Blizzard's site, people 
thought, oh my God, maybe this is a, an actual sign that Diablo 4 is being made. And uh, come on, I would hope that a company like Blizzard is making that, <laughs> especially with how well 3 went. Chirp, chirp. Yeah, no kidding. Chirp, chirp. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I that was one of them. And then I'm sure there was a whole bunch of them. Uh, I didn't list any of them, unfortunately, but I think there was one that you found that was pretty good, the IGN one. Do you know what I'm talking about? The... Um... I uh, I don't remember. The did Nintendo? I send that to you? I thought you sent me the Nintendo. Oh one. yes, yes, yeah. I did. Oh, that was f- really funny. So IGN did a fake uh, Nintendo. What are they called? Nintendo Directs. Direct. Yes, yeah. I wanted to say Nintendo Minute, but that's the like eShop thing. <laughs> <laughs> they did a fake Nintendo Direct, and it was so perfect because it was so spot on yeah. to the real thing. It was great. So pretty funny there's and of course there's a whole bunch not just in the gaming industry but there's there was all sorts of just crazy silly things that were going on dr phil shaved his mustache um but he didn't obviously and then justin bieber said they were pregnant or he was pregnant or something silly which is actually not funny (laughs) um that's like one thing you don't joke about or one of the five things that you don't joke about pregnancies yeah sometimes people take it the wrong way or go the wrong way about it but yeah there was a plenty of this year i find that the internet has made an art of taking things the wrong way oh but, yeah you know well yeah whatever it, pe- people get really sensitive about things but that's not what we're yeah. here to talk about we're just here to say that i hate april first because sometimes i want to <laughs> see really cool things come out and it comes up and i realize wow this is too good to be true and then i look at the date and it says april first and i realize it it's exactly what it is it's too good to be true i just don't like practical jokes so that's why i don't like april 1st (laughs) yeah i I, i'm gonna think of some later on during when we're talking because there was one that i remember looking at it and just shaking my head like really guys this you could have tried a little harder if you wanted to fool us but uh no it was um it was another april 1st yay now we're on to a better day well, but I will say, and you had mentioned it before we started recording, there has been some great news this last week in video games. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. You were telling me that there's a lot of news articles. <laughs> Dang it. No. So, <laughs> yes, there were. There's a lot of little things here and there. Um, one thing, and it's not really a good thing I want to point out, but... Uh, and it kind of plays to it with what happened with Blizzard not too long ago. But uh, there's an article that just went out uh, on Polygon, and I have there'll be a link in the show notes. But yeah, this has been something known, I think, by a lot of people who are more into video games, or at least into the industry, understand the industry, understand in quotes. Um, but there has been a lot of call-outs to the bigger companies and the smaller developers and studios that there's this like toxic work environment everywhere, and these the developers and um, producers are getting overworked, and and people are having to take months of time off to cope with the stress. So an article went out uh, focusing on BioWare, BioWare being one of the major uh, gaming uh, companies, developers out there, Known yeah. for you know one of our favorite games we're about to talk yeah, about today. We're going to talk about it today. <laughs> Kotor, uh, or Natural the Old Republic. Sorry, I have to remember. Not everybody understands that. Uh, yeah, Mass Effect, and then recently uh, Anthem. So, I 
Josh and I haven't played Anthem. I haven't played it. I know. No, I haven't either. Eventually, maybe I'll play it. Um, I just don't have the drive to right now. But this article focused specifically on how uh, somebody exposed uh, some other news article exposed uh, this toxic work environment of Bioware and then Bioware came back and said, Hey, let me point my finger at you for exposing this. How dare you do that? And it just more solidifies that as this industry is growing and growing, it seems like the stress on these poor developers is just getting so it's getting too much. And as much as we really want games to come out fast and fast, you know, really fast, or we want that new sequel. I don't know about you, Josh, but I'd really like for them to, maybe put some effort in taking the time instead of working these people to death, essentially. Well, the tough part, so there's a bunch of sides to this oh, whole yeah, thing, of course. which Both I, sides. you know, I don't, I actually want to talk about our topic, so I'll keep it, try to keep it short. But something to remember is that this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. I mean, for very long one time. of the best stories about Chrono Trigger which is a fantastic game, is just how worked to the bone the development team was and the music team and the art team and all the teams. It It's a huge... I mean, there were letters written to uh, upper management, and it was, it was a mess. And that's just one example. It's been going on in this industry for a very long time. And I think because of all the high demands that... See, and you can point your fingers at the fans, and I think that's what the studios usually do. Yeah, yeah. We need more. We want more. Like you just said a minute ago, like we want more. We were impatient. Blah blah blah. I don't. I don't buy that. I think the the demand is the studio's upper management saying, "Great, you did it. Now let's do it again, quick." And they need to make money. And again, we've said it many, many times on this podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. Make money. I like that you make money. You need to make money in order to keep making games. And I like that you keep making games. Fictional company I'm talking to randomly. Mm. But still, working your people to death is not the right answer. And we, like Justin just said a minute ago, (laughs) we want... I'm talking to a fictional person, apparently. Yeah. We want quality games. And we want high-quality games. And I'm, like you said, willing to wait more time for that. And I don't know. It's it's a weird industry in many, many respects. I'm glad that a lot of people are taking notice, but I think it's important that we point out that it's not new. This isn't something that just cropped up at these companies and that they just started doing to their people. Right, exactly. This has been going on for a long time. Yeah, and I'm sure people are with the evolution and the exposure the press constantly portrays in some of these companies or like exposes these companies as we get expand um it gets more prevalent or it's more in this in the public like the public can actually see what's going on and yeah right and yes that happens as we grow and it's just it's the same everywhere else. I don't know how to explain this, but it's not it's not just the developers for video games. It's like developers everywhere are like this. And they they can say no and they can quit and they can leave if they want to. Granted, they have to provide for their families, I'm sure. sure. But 
yeah, I don't want to get into this much, but it, it's it's a shame to see that. But we know that it's out there, and um, we just want to we just want everyone to be happy. I mean, at this point. Yeah, and you touch on a great point. Like, they can say no, they can go somewhere else, and I'm usually the proponent of telling people, like, if it's really that bad, go. find a different job. Yeah. The problem is that this is the expectation the entire industry, and I think you made a great point, the entire software industry really makes. Yeah. This is expected of development, usually, from my limited understanding. This is just a, an expectation of being a de- developer in that field. So, Yeah. Anyway, hopefully the exposure, there will be some good that comes from it. Yes, I imagine there will be. Uh, let's think of some good things. Uh, Nintendo <laughs> Switch has some new uh, Super Nintendo. I shouldn't say new, but Super Nintendo games coming to their uh, Oh, I missed that. Online. Which ones? Uh, Punch-Out is one of them. Oh, uh, Super nice. N- I think I saw Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, yeah, Mario Brothers 3, Legend of Zelda. Nice. Uh, so there's a lot coming in, which is really cool. Um, I no, still, good. I've still have yet to buy the online service just because I haven't seen enough buy-in. Like there's nothing that's actually enticing me to want to have this. Um, but there are uh, plenty of people I know that have gotten the online. They enjoy that, having that extra, you know, incentive to have the online. You get your little NES, NES uh, arcade style mobile switch i don't know how to explain it man i'm struggling explaining things today you get to <laughs> well, take s and the super nintendo mobily so yeah i i think it's a great idea and i think there should be more of it i agree with you it's a little lacking right now it's not much of a library brought to the yeah. switch i think they need to do more and if they do more it will be easier to justify even though that price is pretty low compared to the rest of the industry yeah it's i mean it's what 35 a year yeah it's ridiculous which is nothing and you compared to like sony or xbox they're i don't know what is that 10 bucks a month yeah uh are you talking about for xbox live yeah it's usually it's more than that yeah i think it's 10 bucks a month or it's 60 a year it's 60 a year 10 bucks a month something like that yeah you're right i usually just went for the 60 a year yeah and most people do or you can usually find both the playstation network and xbox live on sale during like the holidays and stuff for like 40 bucks for the year or whatever but still i mean nintendo's is 35 a year or less depending on i think family or not you can tell i'm an expert on it yeah but it's not that having the ability to save your games in the cloud isn't good and it's not that it's not nice to play online with people i mean those are worth it but if you're using your backlog of historical games as another way to entice i think that you need to kind of pad it a little bit better yeah especially since the wii u has so many and the 3ds so many backlog library games and that's what makes them some of my favorite consoles actually um and being able to rebuy those games yeah even if you make us rebuy them is fine just put them on the switch for goodness sake <laughs> yeah, we just uh we just want to play it on the switch i yeah. mean i get it and i know hopefully what we had talked about last week and i'm going to end it after this one more news announcement or uh, news article i want to talk about uh if we can add this to the Switch, if the Switch, if Nintendo goes ahead and creates a 
uh, less expensive switch, an economy switch or the lower end switch, they can do that. They can essentially kill out the 3DS or 2DS and that franchise, still sell them, but just you know stop um, creating games and porting them over there and start moving that effort towards the, the switch, the lower end switch. That'll be uh, a nicer way of transitioning. And yeah, I probably will end up buying it. Hopefully, they give that option for the current Switch owners. So, uh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. One more thing. One more thing before we go into our other to- our actual topic. Um, Josh, I know you have played Borderlands, correct? Of course. So, Borderlands Three. Uh, there's some sneak peeks for the game. I'm really excited. There's some mixed reviews, uh, but. This supposed to be the next Borderlands game with all the uh, all those the ga- uh, the guns that you can get. They're supposed to be like I, I don't remember the number. It's like oh forty million guns, <laughs> which always means that forty million. Yeah, they're supposed. To, you know how they do it? They like reskin the gun, or the, it has like different stats to oh, it. Oh yeah. So the, granted, I'm sure there's a baseline, but there was quite a lot um, supposedly in this, or there's supposedly a lot of these guns here, but. I'm really excited because Borderlands is such a weird game that just appeals to a lot of people, especially me, because of the style. It's kind of like a Mad Max cartoony-esque RPG. Would you call it an yeah, RPG? Yeah, it's the mixture of of fun and shooter and yeah. action that just makes that game, those games, I should say, yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's one of the... I saw a picture or a poster of claptrap he looked like he was some big buff monster or big buff robot like he had been <laughs> upgraded uh i don't know if that was actually true but i'm i'm looking forward to playing this game i actually own all of them except the prequel okay or whatever that i i only is. have two i don't have borderlands or the prequel but i do have oh man i'm gonna forget the name like an idiot <laughs> the telltale game i loved that oh game. yeah i never played that one um i never played any telltale games oh justin no 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 yeah you can't admit those kinds of things on our podcast it doesn't matter because it's no longer a company so it does matter it does matter just because they're not gonna be around to make more doesn't mean that the ones they already made aren't Uh, amazing they are i don't want to get into this because that's a whole other topic in itself i just don't have a, a feeling for those types of games i guess yeah, you and your generalizations, of course. Generalizations is—it's just that I like to play the game, not play this. Oh man! That's yeah, good. yeah. No, you're backing yourself in a quarter, and I'm gonna break through it, and I'm going to show you those games, and you're gonna be like, "What was I thinking?" You did. What show me was that I thinking? With the text-based adventure games; those are fun. I did. I did tell you I didn't like them, and then you showed me one, and I. I yep. do enjoy that. So yep, yep. I'll give you. Well, that. take that times it by a thousand, and that's a telltale game. So, anyway, so let's talk about Kotor, the last... which is the colloquial name, and I can never say that word correctly. It's okay. For Knights of the Old Republic, which is a Star Wars game from two thousand one. Yeah, like originally came out on Xbox. Um, did it really? Yeah, I thought it was PC at the same time. No, I thought it. I thought it was like a separation of months maybe you're right you're absolutely right it was like a few xbox was july 2003 right so i lied about 2001 it's okay and windows was november 2003 yeah so this 
arguably is the best slash last best Star Wars game released. And that's something to say because this is quite some time ago. This is over 10 years ago. We're talking 15 plus 15 now 16 years going on to 2019. That's crazy. That's insane. Then that's sad. Yeah. I mean, there have been quite a lot of games, but why is so, it the best? Let's just put this out in the open right now. You like this game, right? Oh, I uh, absolutely love this game and still play it almost every other year. Yeah, I usually play it once a year, if not every other year. I love it to death. Yeah. Yeah. So you... <sighs> okay, well, <laughs> you mentioned it before, but this is the last best is that what you're going with yeah. on your definition here? Yeah, we, that's a terrible definition. Yes, I understand. <laughs> last best, but it is the last good game that I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed playing. Like left after I had beaten it, said, wow, that was awesome. I want to go back and replay it. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that this is, for me, the last good or last great mm -hmm. Star Wars game ever made. That's probably a better categorization maybe i don't know it doesn't matter it's a great game and all that matters that we point out is that a star wars game hasn't been this great since this game yeah there's been battlefront games battlefront battlefront right yes but they they pale in comparison and they don't have a story and they don't i don't know a multiplayer games are great but they don't stick in my mind for years like this game has this game this game I could play over and over and over again and have many times. So yeah. I love this game. It, I think uh, there's several reasons why a lot of people like it, or at least my understanding is that there are a lot of people that like it. Uh, it's probably, I'm just curious out of Steam-wise, like how many reviews it, it has. <laughs> um, so hold for one minute. And uh, mainly because this game not just was very good it, it sparked a lot of other games after it and this was and we just talked about this company bioware i think this was what really put bioware on the map oh careful easy easy i'm gonna bioware has made a lot of amazing games and well before this game so uh... no this did not put bioware on the map if you're going to argue anything putting bioware on the map it was Baldur's gate that was what put bioware on the map okay so that is a separation of generation there because i i never played that oh god so <laughs> i there's so much i have to show you justin i so much i have to show I you i was born in the age of or brought in the age of video games where it was just playing call of duty like that that was all i got call of duty yeah. and all the shoot 'em ups you possibly can just shoot 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 and i only found other games because other friends told me why are you playing this this is you have you're missing out on all these other things and now yeah world of warcraft and there goes my life so well bioware and i i'm kind of skipping over i want to talk about this maybe later if we have time okay but i'm skipping over all the studios behind bioware that have created all these various games and just i'm i'm lumping all these amazing games under bioware and bioware over the years has created a lot of different amazing franchises that have continued even to this day some of them yeah um, and really Baldur's gate was was definitely what put them on the map way back in the day but we can talk about that more another time for now let's focus on kotor, KOTOR. so <laughs> I, uh, 
and I don't know how where to even start, but well, so I would like to offer. Let's talk about what kind of game this is. Yeah. So this is an American. I'm gonna underline that ah, an American well role played. playing game, and uh, you know, at the time, like you mentioned, it's it's first was released on Xbox, mm-hmm. but which is interesting. It also fits into the crpg category which is computer rpg category which usually is the genre that gets associated with american rpgs if you don't know what an rpg is go look it up Role play. um and so so what type of game this is this rather mm-hmm. this is you running around with your character or set of characters gearing them up building their abilities having stats uh, telling a great story all the way while you're engaging with challenges it's it's a role-playing game and i think that the success of this game really hinges on the fact that it was a role-playing game yeah so so it's a role-playing game what would you say was the defining feature for you that really caught your attention about it being a role-playing game was the ability to choose your own path in the sense that i can not to spoil the game but essentially you can choose if you wanted to go dark side or go to the light side or you can straddle between the two and each side unlocked new powers or special powers specific to that or you at least you were more powerful in those uh like light force lightning you couldn't necessarily get force lightning as a good guy you could but it was like it would go against what you're doing and it would negatively affect your party. So one thing you can choose your adventure and choose your side, but two, the interactions that you have with individual party members also in influences the uh, path you take through the game. I think yeah. that was probably the biggest reason why I love, continue to love this game. So what's interesting to me about it too, is that, Really, the story. Let's kind of launch into that a little bit. Yeah. So the story, <laughs> separating this from many Star Wars games, is mm-hmm. the fact that they said, you know what, there's a lot going on in the Star Wars universe. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Seven we had <laughs> Phantom Menace, and I think at this point, Attack of the Clones was out. So, yes. roughly uh, around. You know, there's a lot going on with Lucas. There's a lot going on with the story. Why don't we take this and let's just throw it backwards 4,000 years into the Star Wars universe. So now you start this story off 4,000 years before anything has happened with the movies or any of the characters or even Anakin Skywalker, any of that stuff. So they made this conscious decision to step away from all that. And I think that's where the story of this being an amazing game starts. Because if you said that to me on paper, and this is some of the reason that the some friends I know don't enjoy this game is that it's not set in the same time frame slash universe really as, yeah. as the actual movies. But for me, this was the tightrope walk. If you put this in front of me on paper, I would say, I think you're not thinking about star Wars. <laughs> you're not really thinking about this, right? You need to engage with what's already there. And I think this was a huge bold move on their part to step it back that far. Yeah. And it was, it was different because you got you were excluding like you said the main characters and the people we had already been accustomed to with the four five six episodes and then one and two at the time so 
uh, it was almost like you get to immerse yourself into a, an untapped uh, story, which was kind of nice too. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but part of this game, or what this game actually did spark, was a lot of books that came within the now decanonized Star Wars universe, and, yeah. <laughs> and they were fascinating books because these characters were so well. Um, I, I like to say developed, but they just were so uh, intriguing, and like I wanted to understand more about those characters because uh, it, it just we weren't used to it not being Luke and Leia and you know Darth Vader and whatnot. So yeah, uh, it definitely had that appeal to me. And at the time, as I I remember the graphics being really good, and they still yeah they are still relatively good for yeah they hold up really well I think now. for now. Um, yeah, so the story and and I, I think I'd like to avoid spoilers. Yeah, but the story revolves around you waking up, you as the, your character, and you get to choose. This was kind of interesting too. Yeah, you get to choose who you are in a lot of respects. You get to choose between three classes. You get to choose if you're male or female, and. I think that was kind of a really important choice they made. And actually, Bioware has made that in the past as well. But for a Star Wars game, that was kind of important and useful because you get to choose the hero of your story. And again, kind of hearkening back to what you said before. Yeah. Later, you get to choose not only choices within the story for morality, but also choices light versus dark side, which was huge. That I think that was really important. Yeah, or neutral if you wanted to be. You didn't yeah. have to be a Jedi. You could have literally have just been a, like a Han Solo. Yeah, exactly. So the story takes place or starts off where you're on a ship. You don't remember anything that happened, which sounds like a cop-out. And for me... Originally, the first time I played this game, it was, it felt like, what, is this just another role-playing game where they, you know, you don't know anything, and then you kind of fall into a story, but you end <laughs> up learning of. later that it actually is a huge part of the story, right. that you don't remember anything. So, you don't remember anything, you start learning about what's going on in this ship, and then a lot of different things happen, and you end up wrapped up in this whole story revolving around Sith Lords and the Mandalorian Wars oh, yeah. and various Jedi who have been displaced by all these wars with this new empire or Sith empire that's starting to try and take over. It, you just get embroiled in this very Star Wars story. Yeah. And it was really well done. You get to visit different planets, different areas that were referenced possibly in the movies. Uh, and by the way, Clone Wars actually came out before this game. Um, so Clone Wars came out in 2002, so this would yeah. have been after. Um, okay, perfect. Yeah, so you get to go to these places that were always talked about in the movies, and at the even the books at the time were being written way, or even after the first four, five, and six. So you get to experience that uh, that lore, and I think that was the real cool part behind it. Um, another thing too that I really enjoyed was the character development and the uh the worlds that you would go to i mean this game yeah. does, isn't a game you can like beat in a day like this is a long game or at least i remember it being a very long game there are a lot of things to do and several i mean this like hat gave you the ability to do side quests which like i i don't at the time i wasn't used to 
because this is my first game I actually, I think, really got into the RPG world was this. Oh, uh, Justin. Which is crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. But this game really got me into it. I had never played something this good before. And uh, and just, like, I, I finding the characters, you'd meet these new people along your path as you... Uh, we're out of, as you escape this ship or you leave this ship um, and you you start to learn about yourself you start to learn about some of the people you interact with you'll find new friends or enemies maybe they're friends maybe they're enemies you don't know um, and you you get to learn about their backstory and they all have specific traits that you need to uh, get through the game like security unlocking um, you need somebody who has like a range of attacks and they have all these mini games like the speed. Do you remember the speeder games? Like the, yeah. those, those are so cool. Like, yeah. They just had these little random mini games that were far better than the N64 <laughs> pod racing game. <laughs> so like, it was just crazy that they had thrown all this into one game. Yeah. Yeah. The details are what make this game in a lot of respects. And yeah, I, you know, Typical development of a game, you put in characters, hopefully the player cares about the characters, you put in a story, you put in locations and settings, and it's interesting too, because this is not even an open world game. It's, no, you can it's fly not. back and forth between planets, I'm pretty sure if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, you can. But you, they are limited areas. It, they feel wide open and there's a lot to explore. You also but walk it, super slow sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels... Yeah. Freaking huge. <laughs> but it's not going to be like you can walk anywhere on the planet and then, you know, yeah. do whatever you want. It's This is this is before all that became hugely popular, popularized. And it also, you know, had a story to tell. So it's kind of focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but with that, it's very it. If you describe it that way to somebody, it seems like a typical role-playing game RPG. It seems like a typical with Star you know, Wars. You build theme. your characters, you play a story, so on and so forth. Yeah. What made this game special and really is the key are two things, and you kind of touched on them before. One is the fact that the the two things you mentioned before as one point, and that is that. The story you have choices to make yes. on how you engage with the story, right. people, and how you respond to them. You can kind of say either you want to be a jerk and yeah. respond a certain way, or you can try to be caring and understanding or somewhere in the middle. Yeah, And also you get the choice with that to later when you become a Jedi or if you become a Jedi, you get to choose... If you want to walk the line or live on the light side or live on the dark side, I think yeah. that those choices wrapped up into the first point are really key. Yeah. And then the second major thing that really hit this game home was the fact that you can interact with the characters that are in your party and yes. choose who gets to work with you more often than some of the others. Oh, yeah. And through those characters, you start learning their backstory and talk to them about what they care about and what they're doing and why. And, why they're you know, here. normally I, before this, I was very used to, I was very used to like, you pick up the characters and you can talk to them, but they're not going to give you backstory, you know, with the exception of some other Bioware games way back, like Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2, 
you don't learn much about, you know, character backstory that are not your main character usually. But this stepped outside of that. And the the party members also try to talk to you at various times. I mean, of course, it's all scripted, you know, within the program of the game that at certain times when you get to a certain spot, they'll try and talk to you if they're in your party. But it feels different because they're reaching out to you rather than you having to always talk to them. And yeah. I think that made it really special. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think to what uh, made this a little bit different for me, and this is gonna sound still silly, is that while yes, you can you know walk the line between good and bad, there was a point in the campaign or a point in the story where you could have spent all this time being light or dark and then something happens and now you have the ability to like completely change your your uh your alignment which like i had personally never been in a game where that gave me the chance to do that and you can again go either way you can choose to continue on the path that you were going with or you can continue go on the path that was uh could have been there already but i I just wasn't used to that, and it was a really weird experience. I remember being, like, questioning, do I want to continue doing this, or do I want to, like, switch sides and see what it's like? Um, and that was kind of cool. And then one thing, too, the lightsabers. I mean, come on. like <laughs> That was the coolest part, was trying to find all the crystals and optimizing the weapons. Like, you can do that not just for the lightsabers, but all the weapons that they give you that you find. Um, there's... I'm going to say quote customizations, but you can enhance them and like certain things would give them better attack or uh, yeah. durability. Like it was, it was really in depth. Like there was a lot behind this game that was put yeah. in. And, yeah. Well, and to kind of comment on that, they, it's, it's always interested me. And part of the thing I love about this game as well is something that you didn't realize until I told you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that they actually use the third edition rules of Dungeons and Dragons for the game mechanics. Yes, and the reason they could do that was Dungeons and Dragons third edition is famous for being open gaming license OGL. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a lot of the reason that some of the best content for Dungeons and Dragons at the game at the I'm sorry, some of the best content at the time for Dungeons and Dragons rather was created by other third-party companies not by wizards of the coast yes of course the main books were great and a lot of the content that they created was also great but there was also some fantastic content made outside of their company so this is a great example of that they took those rules and they used those to build this game and you know i have my issues with those rules per se like you can totally min max the crap out of this game but still if you're just 
it it supports both just playing and enjoying and right. min maxing and having fun with the stats. So it, it really worked out for their favor in this particular instance. Yeah, and the th- the thing I guess we didn't really point out was that the how the gameplay works is that uh you it's it's not turn based but it's like command based uh, like is that what you would call it where you're you have the ability to choose what you want to do when you're attacking or running around but you're not button mashing to do like a combo or like doing xby xby or something to do something it's you get to choose the type of attack so for example if it was like a fury attack you would you know do like a multi-hit on the character and it was basically just them attacking each other like one hit one hit the other character hits you you can hit hit that character yeah it's um it's something they kind of started and perfected in their Baldur's gate series which was the infinity engine and that's that's where you can you can play it real time and tell your characters to do whatever you want or tell them what to do. You're not, like you said, you're not taking direct control over every action they do. It's a role-playing game. So you tell them to do stuff. They do stuff, but you can also pause time to make those commands. So that's very much a page out of their older games like Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate two, where you can pause the action to tell your party members to do stuff. Um, And that, that gives you that RPG feel that gives you that you can take a moment to breathe and strategize and consider your next, you know, move or react like, Oh, he just shot off this attack. I need to pause a second and grab the right ability to kind of mitigate it or, you know, do whatever. So it, it still, and this is the beauty of the infinity engine. It still gives you that like action feel as things are happening. It can be real time. And then you can just kind of pause the action real quick and make your choices. Um, Of course, if it's nothing too complicated, like you're saying, you just let it go and you just watch. And that was one of the cool things they show it early on that I loved that really drew me in even on the beginning ship where you're trying to learn the game and get off the ship you early on see jedi dark and light fighting with lightsabers and that's how the game you know later runs where you have a lightsaber and you're in the middle of this action-packed duel and telling your character do this do that in your next attack um but all the while you can watch this whole lightsaber duel essentially yeah and that was the cool part and just hearing like the the sound effects is, yeah that was part of it and then on top of that you have what, character development like you said you have the gameplay itself uh the items that you can collect um some of the like uh, when you would take down a certain enemy or you would come across a, a i'll call it a quote a boss um <laughs> Like there were certain things that you would get if you killed them, and those were things you can equip too, and they would give you special abilities. But another thing that we left out, and we had mentioned it, or I just mentioned it briefly about the the racing mini games that they had. Um, there was also the puzzles inside. Oh yeah. So there was a lot of there are a lot of puzzles in the game through a data pad. So like they access a data pad and. Um, it'll be uh, maybe a series of 
questions or riddles or maybe there was this code you were supposed to find and you randomly picked up a code from a dead body and luckily you you actually picked it up and you're not like me who would be like this is stupid and just walk away and come to this data pad where it requires you to put the password in or you can guess <laughs> and die and get electrocuted because <laughs> it explodes yeah so uh it just added all these really cool features to it and um it was replayable that's another thing that very very true when a game is replayable i think it adds that much more of uh of excitement because you've now played it through. Maybe you played light side and want to play the dark side through. Like you can go back and while most of the interactions might be the same, there, there are several times where, um, series of events changed because of the side you took because of the reactions and consequences that you get from your actions. Uh, play will move the, the ending and the end there. I don't know how many endings there are, uh, in this game. I know two for sure, obviously. Um, but I don't know if there's like a, a neutral ending or a less bad ending. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, it was really cool to do that. And then uh, eventually, now look, talk about replayability, it's been ported to the iPhone. Like you can buy it on the App Store. Well, I confess that's where I played it first. Ooh, so, what? yeah. I played it first on iOS. Oh, my God. You had mentioned it. Actually, you know, I actually played it before you mentioned yes, it. Yes, I, I remember sure we did. talked about it. Yeah, and you, you're like, I love this game. I'm like, yeah, 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 I do too. And I had played it like the year before, but mm. you had played it when it came out, I think. Yes. Um, on Xbox, right? Uh, yeah, I played it on somebody else's Xbox, and then I got oh, it for okay. PC because I loved it so much. Yeah, no, and it's fun too because, um, and now I own several copies on several platforms. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad but thing. <laughs> it is a bad thing, but I love it because you know I have it all over the place. Yeah, but it's a small game compared to games now, and oh, yeah. it doesn't take a lot to run it. So being able to run it on your Mac or your PC or your iPhone or your iPad, I mean, it's it's so cool to just jump into this console level, PC level game and enjoy a good role-playing game and there's so much to love about this game like you said there's so much replayability i actually have only seen i think one actual ending of this game wow um and we could talk more about that if you want but you know i know that there are multiple endings and not in the same way that their later mass effect games went where they're I don't know. Never mind. But still, <laughs> there are multiple endings and your choices matter. So, you know, that replayability is key yes. and really builds this game into something that becomes yours and becomes your choice. And yeah. I can't stress that enough. Even with the the characters themselves, the ones you're traveling with or being with, yeah. you know, being able to strike up a romance with one character or the other, or being able to kind of issue different characters and make them feel like they're not wanted or yeah. make them feel like they're not part of the group. I, it's, it's incredible how much depth is there in that. And it's incredible that it was so early on, even though this is not that old of a game and yet it really is in game terms. Yeah. I mean, it's, well over several generations now of different consoles and just the engines that have been created. Uh, and that's a shame because the Knights of the Old Republic was the first of the series. And then there was 
Knights of the Little Republic 2, Sith yeah. Lords. And that came out very quickly after, I think. I don't remember how quickly. Ugh. But uh, the, it, it went from a game that was so well received and continues to be. By the way, it's at like 11,000 reviews on Steam, <laughs> I think. Something ridiculous. The second one? The first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, the second one came out in 2004, apparently. So, yeah, that was sh- very shortly after. Yeah, that is. Uh, and we kind of talked about this early, earlier in the news uh, news section, which wasn't really a news section. It was just us talking about stuff. Uh, that there's this overworked uh, overworked scene here. We have a, a company with their developers overworked trying to burn things out because of uh, demand. And this... Uh, the second version, the second installment of uh, Knights of the Old Republic came out, and it was it was really buggy. It, like it, there were a lot of issues with it, and it wasn't as re- well received as the first Kotor, which is a shame because there were a lot of good things that came out of this second one because it was basically a, a new a new character you got to play, yeah, in a, a very very uh, similar story arc. <laughs> And I think that's what really hurt it. But uh Yeah, I still enjoy and I haven't played it all the way through, um, yeah. which is horrible. I think but I do enjoy the second one a lot. Yeah, I, I beat it for the first time in two thousand sixteen, so Okay. Okay, yeah. So and that's when I started playing it too. Um and, and I, I like the game a lot and I plan to go back and beat it. Mm-hmm. But they did they did a great job. And also, it was a bad thing, and that is that they did a great job making it more pedestrian, is the right word, I guess, where the first one was really, really epic. It was like, actually hard, say, too. Like, it wasn't just easy. Like, you yeah. actually had to plan your battles out. You can just go throw grenades to kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, I did that a lot in the first one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the second one was more about you and your relationships and 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 it's funny because we just spent all this time talking about the first one and you and your relationships but the second one was that was the focus of the story in the game yeah whereas i would say the first one was way more epic in scope way more way more star warsy which is terrible to say because we haven't defined it way more like you know ah way more serialistic if you will or pulpy in its the battle between to... boys or the battle why yeah. i just said boys <laughs> wow the battle between <laughs> good and evil yeah and it was way more pulpy like yeah. the star wars movies before it correct where it was not yeah, a one, big two, epic three. battle <laughs> but it was about you know basically space opera and the second one was way more dark and way more gritty yeah. and way more like asking you very moral questions and asking you to answer those questions. Yeah, there's like you know? several times where you were asked, do I want to blow up this mine shaft and kill somebody? And yeah. you're like, uh, what other choice yeah. do I have? Oh, wait, doesn't matter. You killed them anyway. I'm like, what? <laughs> or do you want to join this order and be evil? I mean, it's just really, it was way more, and you get that choice too in the first one, but I can't put it into words it was just a different focus and it wasn't bad it was just different and um i i plan on playing it i enjoyed it it just wasn't the smash hit i feel like the first one was (laughs) no and and this leads me to the next part is that after this came out 
there w- there wasn't a Knights of the Old Republic for a very long time, and there's still technically there hasn't been one. Um, and I'll get to the Old Republic in a second, but yeah, what stemmed out of Kotor that I think is probably the best is the fact that the books were created and written, and we got to really interact with some pretty key characters and find out more about their their backstory and that is what i really liked about this so there's one of my favorite star wars books right now is always always going to be uh, star wars revan which talks about and not to spoil anything but is one of the characters in knights of the republic yeah well he's the other sith lord or the the master of this two sith that are in the game yeah so there's there's Revan, who's the Sith Lord, and then Malak, who's the apprentice. Correct. And the game story revolves around the two of them yep. and what they've done after, you know, Basila, who's a fantastic character. She's, She's on the cover. Dang it. I swore. Um, Sorry. It's all right. Basila was great because she was the first time you could to see different Jedi powers outside of the typical jumping really high and moving really fast yeah. and blocking laser beams and blah, blah, blah. But she essentially kills Revan, mm-hmm. and so Malak takes over, and that's where the game starts. And so you you kind of start unfolding what Malak and Revan were trying to do, and the book just continues that story in such yeah. a great way that it's just incredible. Yeah, and, and then after that, the, the series of books after that are great. The I, So I'd recommend... The, there's at least four of the Star Wars legend books that you need to read out there. Anybody that wants to dive deeper into the Star Wars world, we can uh, I'll put a link in the show notes because there are so many books out there for Star Wars. And yeah. these are one of my favorites. Uh, and there are several really good trilogies. And I, I, it's a shame that they're no longer, quote, canon. Um, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> please, Disney, just bring him back. I just want want him to be an actual person in the universe and i want them to reference this i want to see darth plagueis i want to see all the cool guys yeah well and the interesting thing about this storyline universe time period i don't know what you want to call it yeah alternate universe it's it started out being loosely canon i would say yeah i I don't even know if they ever really called it that and it was so far back that it was like well yeah i mean I guess we can maybe call it canon, but it it doesn't really matter because, and it never really felt very canon because of the fact that it was 4,000 years before any of the Skywalker saga. So it's just, I I think that the fact that they did that with this story just sets it apart and really tells you how special the game is because of the fact that they pulled it away from the Skywalker saga and yet still made it feel like Star Wars. To me, at least, it felt very Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, we didn't have another KOTOR for a while. And then with, I don't know what year it was off the top of my head, but then we had the reintroduction of what I thought was supposed to be another KOTOR, but turned into be a online role playing game oh, so yeah. that's what we throw in like the mmo mmorpg in here and uh they created star wars old republic and it was the online version loosely based i shouldn't say online version of kotor it was this uh 
role play, uh, online role playing game where you can interact with other characters online, but you were picking, creating your own character and developing them through the various worlds and stories and quests. And how did you ever get a chance to play this? I did play it a little bit, and you know I don't really want to get too deep into this game. I won't, but. I did play it a little bit. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, so the problem with it is that, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think it was developed by uh, Bioware. Well, it it's at least published by them, you know, because it's a Bioware MMO. It's the only Bioware MMO. Right. So... Let me look it up. The yeah. Old Republic. Developed by Austin. Bioware Austin. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a division of Bioware. Right. But still published by Bioware, right? Right. But Yeah. So what what they do is that they basically take it and make it so that it's a MMORPG. So we're actually interacting with other characters online. It, it's, oh, it's actually published by EA. Ugh. Yeah, which is even worse. <laughs> Which is I don't really have a problem with EA per se, but like you know they destroyed Star Wars games. There's not one good game. Anyways. Yeah, this is usually the reason I have a problem. With that. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people have a lot of reasons to dislike EA. My reason is that they have ruined Star Wars games. <laughs> it's like a constant like, oh my god, we're, here's this new Star Wars game and let down another one, yeah. let down. But yeah, yeah. So it, it took the same concept of having this uh, the choose your event not choose your adventure but when you come up to a, a, a scene where you're talking to somebody you can choose like what responses that you have um what would you consider that would you just consider that still content an rpg i'm trying to think of what that gameplay would be oh no yeah that's a hundred percent rpg yeah but I, I guess that's what it so it, it kind of took that at aspect but the problem is if you look at the game it doesn't it didn't feel like it it didn't feel like uh star wars knights of the republic i didn't feel like i was playing the no. game anymore no uh, no and it's, the characters it's even really really grindy it's really grindy cartoony that's the yeah. problem i had it didn't it didn't have that same feel uh and people still play it and they still have expansions that come out for this thing and like oh yeah the, i to each of their own if there's people out there that really like this game good for you like that's that's awesome because it has a big following it has a, a decent player base and um there's a lot of twitch streams <laughs> people playing it so yeah i don't know it's not that it's it's just different and it's not what i'm looking for right. you know really is what it is and they had and, lore come out of it too i just don't know what books or anything got related to it because i wanted to read up on them because they have these two cool characters that they have in the trailers and the cutscenes are f- unbelievable that's the best part (laughs) and it really honestly has in that regard been amazing like the cutscenes that they've built for this game just make you want to play it because they're so good and so star wars just and it really takes it to a different level almost to the level of like movie-esque you know jedi battles just to watch these cutscenes yeah one of which, actually, thinking back on it, is actually from one of the books, um, one of the earlier books. So, you know, the scene where the they smash the ship into the the Jedi temple, and then in, the Jedi battle ensues between light and dark. Yeah, that's a whole scene in a book. Huh. Yeah. 
and it they like captures captures it scene for scene right oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's really really good yeah i remember that yeah so getting back to kotor um just for a second here uh the characters the story the thing that's interesting about it though is that i do have a lot of friends who don't like this game and their main complaint is that it doesn't feel like star wars and i don't know how to approach that or talk to them about that or even try to convince them that it is i don't know it's it's obviously a personal preference thing and a feel thing to me it's always felt very star wars do right. you get that same feeling that the knights of the old republic is yeah yeah kotor is very star warsy <laughs> yeah i just i just was thinking of you talking about the republic i'm sorry i was making sure you weren't referring to the old republic not the oh Knights. no yeah anyways um i yeah i guess so yeah look is that why you enjoy it as much as you do, or is it just that it's a role-playing game, that, and that's why, really, you're first, and that's why you like it as much as you I, do? I, I picked it up because, not that it was a role-playing game, but I picked it up because it was, it was a Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Okay. So, but then when was... you played it, did it feel very Star Wars-y to you? Hmm. Do, do you remember? <laughs> I don't. To me, it felt Star Wars-y with... No, actually, I take that back. It did not. Okay. Why do you say that? I would say that because the way I look at 4, 5, and 6, and episodes 4, 5, and 6, sorry, to, just to be clear, and uh-huh. even 1 and 2, um, it just it didn't have that. You said it not campy. Did you say campy? No, but um, I think you're thinking of that like pulpy. Pulpy, thank you. Yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't have that pulpy. This felt like a... A different approach to Star Wars, a different uh, way of telling the story. Um, maybe the word I'm looking for is that it was, um, it was removing the Star Wars feel, the the theme. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it's it's removing that that weird jokiness to Star Wars. We're like, oh, that's funny. Ah, this is they, they crack jokes at things, but then they're super serious about the battle between light and dark, but this was more of here is a game in the star Wars universe that is really geared towards development of the, the characters in the game and not the, the, uh, the campier pulpiness of the events that are happening, that the Uh storytelling. Um, and it didn't also didn't feel like it through the visuals in the game. Um, which kind of sounds funny now that I say that. Well, no, I mean I believe you, and you, you know, you make an interesting point. But what, which parts made you feel less campy, or, or that's not even the right word? Which felt more? Is it serious that really you're saying it felt more serious than? Yeah, it, felt, Star Wars? it just felt more serious. It felt more okay. like an actual. Um, a normal sci-fi book. If I was reading a sci-fi book, it wasn't. It was a more serious, plot-driven. Um, n- not trying to overly appeal to several different groups. Like it's, it wasn't like a movie where the movie is pr- specifically portraying to a certain group of people, or maybe it's not. But they're they're using those caveats to draw them in. This was just a game that was focusing on the 
a different side of Star Wars. A you said space opera, right? Yeah. Possibly that. I it, I guess now you're making this harder for me to under, to describe it because I really don't know how <laughs> to describe it. Well, so and it's hard because I. I have friends who say this doesn't feel like Star Wars, that Knights of the Old Republic, when they go to play it, they can't because they're like, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It feels like just some random game that has a Star Wars title. Because it doesn't have like a character like Yoda? No, I I think it's, I, I don't think it's any one thing. And I honestly, I think it's really that beginning ship sequence as the tutorial being what it is and uh, it's hard to describe like you you start out in a bed you start moving through the ship you see droids but then you're fighting sith warriors who aren't really stormtroopers but are like no name warriors that you don't really know anything about and their helmets cover their faces so it's you're not seeing stormtroopers you're You're not not seeing seeing, tie fighters you're not seeing yeah it's it's not in that way i think they have a harder time with it for me I've always railed against those specific people saying that it's not very Star Warsy because that's one of the main reasons I love this game as much as it as I do rather, and that is that despite it being four thousand years before, <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it every time uh, before the movies and yeah. the books and stuff that came before it, it's it still feels Star Warsy to me. You have. You have the Sith, you have the Jedi, you have the Ebon Hawk, which is really the Millennium Falcon. You yeah. have the scenes where you're fighting, you know, the drone style, uh, uh, interceptor style fighters that aren't TIE fighters, but they no. look somewhat like it. You know, it's 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 feels very Star Wars. You have thermal grenades, you have lightsabers, you right. have... And has while still I has every s- aspect of Star Wars in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I'm not just saying that they placed the right items into the world, you know, cause that's something that somebody has said to me before as well. Like, well, they just stuck the stuff in there and it doesn't feel connected. No, to me, you know, you have the light side, you have the dark side, you have all the trappings and the feel to me of Star Wars. You have cantinas and everything. Right. It's just, uh, to them, I think probably they didn't push past that initial ship scene to get to the planet below, which, again, I think this is where you're going with it. So correct me if I'm I'm speaking for you. but No, please, because I get to the planet, can't describe it. <laughs> you get to the planet, and there's not very much action until there's action, right? So, like, you get to the planet, and now you're running around putting together clues and talking to people, and you're running around you know finding allies and finding enemies but like not actually there's no like dueling going on or shooting people or none of that so it becomes a different style game until you get to the parts where there is shooting and stuff and i think maybe that might be what some other people feel like it doesn't you know it doesn't feel like a star wars game from that aspect like there's no there's no quick pace there's no well, it's I can't say that either because you know the original movies four, five, and six were not were not super fast paced. They're no, not they, Michael no. Bay movies, you know. Like no, there's they, like boom explosions everywhere. Yeah, but still, it's it's it does have a more serious tone in some ways. Like, and I'm not saying that Star Wars doesn't generally have a serious tone, 
but it is pulpy. It's supposed to be pulpy. And you get down to the planet's surface, and there's a whole entire ecosystem going on there and political system Ex- going on. Yeah, where you've got people it. in the underworld who are being trounced on by the rich and, you know, the slaves. people. The slaves. you got slaves. you got, you know— People living in camps underneath that have been exiled there. It's a there's a lot of like yeah. moral questions for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it dives deeper into like almost I would almost call it like the real life of Star Wars. Like this is what Star Wars actually is. Like this this is the what the universe is like. It's not like how the movies are always portraying. It's giving you the inside yeah. look into the universe. Maybe that's a better way of looking at it. Maybe it is, and and I still don't. I still don't personally feel that way. I, to me, it still feels really Star oh, it's, Wars. Yeah, it's just, it's just you're inhabiting the world more. You yeah. you are living in it a little bit, which is terrible to say because it's not like you. It's not like VR, but still, yeah. like you're more in it. You are taking control. You are talking to people. You are answering people. And to me, it still feels very Star Warsy. But I think that if you come to the Star Wars movies for the ship battles and the lightsaber duels, and that's all you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know. Then I would go tell you to go play, I think, like The Force Unleashed. Is that, I think it is what it's called. Yeah. That's more lightsaber. I have one of those. I, I haven't really played much of it. Yeah, that's like, that's a hack and slash, really, with lightsabers. If you really wanted to play a game like that, go ahead and do it. Because you could still choose light or dark side on it, and you get all sorts of different types of uh, lightsabers. But. Uh, go ahead and play that because that'll give you the uh, the thrill you need to do the hack and slash. So. Yeah, and and I I feel like and I'm this is just this is just for the podcast, right? So like I feel sure. like you're being a little glib when you say that, and rightfully so, right? Like you you're coming to this game. It's deeper than that. It's it's more than just you're killing stormtroopers randomly and just running through. Yeah. But you also have to understand that, like, all the games before this one, that's that's the depth that they had, all of them. So, and and of course, I'm probably forgetting one or two. Um, he said, thinking about the Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy games. But still, yes. I think those came after this, or maybe they came before that. I think they were. Before. They came before this. So, those were a little bit more deep. You know, you had one character, you were telling a story, you met with some of the other characters, but. Ultimately, the point of the story, or the point of the game, rather, was to run around, cut down stormtroopers and other Jedi-like creatures and things. Um, But before that, all the games, that was their depth. They took pieces of Star Wars, and that was the game. You know, Dark Forces, um, uh, trying to think through TIE Fighter, X-Wing, all those games, which are fantastic, amazing, amazing Star Wars games. Rest in peace, Star Wars games. Um, All those games beforehand really focused on one piece of the Star Wars puzzle and ran with that. And there wasn't this huge, overarching, emotional, political story going on. It was, yeah, you're this person, or yeah, you're that person, go get them. Yeah, you're the light side, save everybody. Yeah, you're the dark side, go get them. You know, it's like, it's a different style of gameplay. Even like the Rogue Squadron games, which are near and dear to my heart. I love those games. They were all about ship battles. You'd never, you got in the ship that you chose. You didn't get in, sorry. You, 
you chose the ship that you wanted to fly and then you flew the missions. That was it. There was no, there's no in between discussion or planning or emotional connection with other characters. None of that. And this was really the first one to really do that. In my opinion, this is the first one where it's more than just cardboard cutouts and stormtroopers getting cut down. And I think that this is the one that did that because you had Phantom Menace because you had Attack uh, Attack of the Clones, right? That was the second one? Oh my gosh, yeah. Josh. Yeah. Where now we're entering into more than just the pulpy, serialized style story. You're starting to pull back the curtain in those movies and starting to get a glimpse behind everything that came before. This movie, or this game rather, took that and ran with that. So what I'm looking at now is... Uh, the Jedi Knight came out, Star Wars Jedi Knight, which was a first, a third person, first person, yeah. first hack and slash third. shooter yeah. slash et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that that came out from 1997 to 2003. So they had different iterations of that game. Yeah. So it came out at the same time. If you want to say the last one of these came out at the same time uh, as the first Kotor coming out. So I just judging by firstly the way you're saying it and secondly all the things you said really early on in this particular episode. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously you haven't played those games, you need to go back and play those. Those yeah. are the Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy games, especially Jedi Outcast. So good. So good. And you know, we're really touting the fact that Knights of the Old Republic lets you choose light and dark. Yeah. So did those games. Yeah. And it was an important part of that gameplay. It just didn't have any real tie to letting you choose the ending of the story or like, you know, how you interact with the story. It was like, okay, cool. You're this guy. And now you either have light powers or dark powers. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. Uh, I did not know that, that there were missions assigned by Luke Skywalker. Like there's a tie into that at the very, okay. So now I, you know, I don't want to take this off the rails, but that, okay. I played Jedi Outcast pretty early. Mm-hmm. And Jedi Outcast, oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Okay. So, so Jedi Outcast, okay, four, five, and six, the original movies, great movies. Love them. They're my favorites. And then I played Jedi Outcast. Mm-hmm. And Jedi Outcast is, and Jedi Academy both th- thrust this f- story forward that Luke was what he was in episode six. He was the hero that transcended. All other Jedi before him. So okay. he had become the master of all of the Jedi. And so he restarts the Jedi Academy, mm-hmm. hence the name. And you end up becoming a student mm-hmm. and you become a Jedi. So this set of games, the um, Jedi Academy, Jedi Outcast, were the reason that when I left the theater for episode seven, Mm -hmm. so The Force Awakens, I enjoyed it. I loved the movie, but I still came out conflicted and was kind of like a little bit disappointed because they portrayed Luke as, you know, not a hero. (laughs) Like at the end of episode six, he had transcended the Jedi and all of the mistakes prior. He had become something beyond normal, beyond normal jedi and episode seven just trounced on all that and was like nope never mind he messed up really big time and um wasn't anything more than the typical jedi well they ended up talking about that in eight 
They did, but that's why eight is so great. And they talked about that and called all that out a little bit, but they didn't, they didn't fix the fact that Luke was a hero and now isn't. And I get like, you know, flawed heroes, blah, blah, blah. But like, I would cite these two games, the Academy and Outcast games, as the reason why I had my hopes so high. Like, I had my hopes set on Luke starting the Academy again and then there being Jedi again in the universe and telling that story. Because Academy and Outcast had done such a great job with it. Yeah. So, anyway, Knights of the Old Republic is still one of my favorite Star Wars games ever. And I, I feel like it feels very Star Warsy to me. And it's not just because the stuff is there that makes it, you know, have the Star Wars pieces on the sets. You yeah. know, it's it's more than that. It's it's a story about light versus dark. It's a story about, you know, choosing dark versus light and right. choosing who you want to be. And that's I don't know. It's there's more to it than that. I still think uh, I, either way, I don't care if it feels Star Warsy or not it. It, or if I can't explain why I don't think it's, it, yeah, it should be seen as a negative thing. Like I don't want people to think, oh, it's Star Wars. It's it feels like Star Wars, and think of it as a negative thing. It's a positive thing. And while I couldn't figure out if I think it did or thought it did or th- thought it didn't, but to me, it still was an amazing Star Wars game that I got to enjoy several years, yeah, playing and then continue to like playing every once in a while and like. And and love the actual uh, lore that spawned off of it, or you know, a part of it. Uh, it just makes me like have so much joy for that game, and um, that's, that's such a large, a huge attachment to it. I really hope that even though it is an older game, that some people out there go ahead and try it. I was just looking at the prices; it's like ten dollars on almost all platforms, and I'm sure yeah. during Steam sales you can get it for much cheaper, like two dollars. Uh, and you can even pick up all both of them for like four dollars, five dollars tops together, on some of those days. So take a look, and if you're a really big mobile fan, you can always get it on your phone. I think is the second one on. No iPhone too. It's just the no. First one, right there is a huge, and it hasn't been touched or even talked about in years. But there was a huge um, online petition for them to make that game, and people were signing it. Yeah. constantly and it's still up you can go look for it but it it's obviously they're not going to do it <laughs> I, uh, I, um, it's unfortunate i mean it took them that long to bring it i didn't even realize they were actually bringing it to uh ios and when they did i was very surprised and, well because of the kind type of game it is you know being an rpg where you can pause and do your stuff it actually works really well on mobile so i would I would venture to say play it on the mobile if you have no other way or if you just want to have it with you all the time. That's what I loved about it. Um, and it does go on sale on mobile as well sometimes. Sometimes it drops yeah. to like five bucks. Uh, I was just looking at the cheapest the game has ever been for the PC is $2.29, and that was on May 2nd, 2017. So, That's cheap. Yeah, and it, it drops to five bucks all the time, and you can probably get it for three, four dollars. So just... You know, even if $10 is too much, which I understand sometimes it is, especially for an older game, just hold out. It will drop at some point during one of the Steam sales. And the last thing I want to say about the game real quick, Mm -hmm. and then we can kind of wrap up. But I want to mention that 
you you didn't feel like it felt like a Star Wars game. I did. And I think you said something really important just a few minutes ago, and that was that it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. really matter. They did a fantastic job making a great game. And whether or not you're a Star Wars fan and whether or not you enjoy it because it's Star Wars, it doesn't matter. This is a great game with a great story with amazing characters and great interaction with them. And if you don't want to even think of it as a Star Wars game, maybe that will be better for you. It doesn't matter. Like, it's it's a fantastic game. And I would strongly urge anybody who likes RPGs to play through this game. It's so good. Yeah. Still holds up. Yeah. And continues to sell clearly so uh, there's a need for it to be on mobile and here it is might as well pick it up when it's at a lower point um and yeah i don't i have nothing else to say other than i'm really hoping that maybe the uh, one of the a new kotor comes out but i wouldn't be upset because i got to enjoy this one and number two is fine like it's it's not that bad uh i think that if we ever see if we ever see something like this again, and let's take let's step away from the game for a second. Let's just talk about this setting, this story, this yeah. kind of story. Yeah. If we ever see something like this again, it will be a long, long time in the future. I think that Disney is shoring up and consolidating everything that they have on Star Wars because of the controversy with The Last Jedi. Yeah. I'm going to use the word controversy. I can't think of a better word, but... The, the split opinion slash poor opinion of The Last Jedi, they have started to really consolidate and say, okay, we need to just tighten this up. This is what it feels like to me. We need to tighten everything up. We need to tighten up everything that we're releasing, make it more about what it originally was, and just stick with that for now, at least. And you can see it in the books they're releasing. Yeah. You know, we had like Ahsoka as a book before, and now I don't see them doing that. Like, it's... Yeah. It's more focused on, and you can see it in the Star Wars Kids channel for YouTube where they're releasing little snippets and shorts of the original trilogy as like these bits and pieces that are animated to kind of generate excitement about it. If you haven't watched those, they're fantastic. Go watch them. But um, it's interesting because this steps so far out of bounds on the Star Wars franchise in a lot of ways. And it was made and it was published by LucasArts, for goodness sake. And, you know, all the things. So I don't know. It'll be a long time, if ever, that we ever see something like this again. And that's sad because it's it's such a great game. It was done so well. Obviously, Bioware really, really wanted to make more of these. That's why Mass Effect even exists, in my yeah. opinion. Like, Mass Effect was the continuation of this set of games without the license. <laughs> yeah, without Star Wars. Yeah. So, um, and you, there's so many different parts of the DNA in those games that if you want to keep playing those, play Mass Effect. It's, it's so great. It's like a test run, and, and it definitely led to, I think, Mass Effect's success through 1, 2, and 3, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they, they took the morality. They took the, you know, in that game, they called it... Um, renegade versus, renegade versus something I, I forget the second thing but it was it, essentially the same morality system where you're choosing how to respond you're choosing if you're an evil dude or a, a good guy you know and all the things so i don't know it's it's an interesting story and it's interesting that this game even got published and the second one too um so yeah. it's great make sure to play it it's one of my favorite games and i love it 
Uh, Josh, may the force be with you. <laughs> At least you didn't use a Star Trek reference this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one thing I want to mention, some of the best droids are in this game. Knights of the Old Republic. The hunter you droids, got, yeah. Yeah, HK-47, the super assassin droid, which is hilarious to yes. listen to. Yes, he His is. acting and his speech, and oh, so good, so hilarious. So yes. That's the last thing I'll say. Cool. Sulu, everybody. Yeah, and thanks to Bioware. We love this game. Thank you, Bioware. Keep Thank making cool games. You know, thanks for making this and all the games before and after. <laughs> <laughs> Just maybe not Anthem, games. but some of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and thank you for continuing to keep this game alive on all the platforms. Like yes. there was just an update for the iOS version. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're keeping it alive on iOS, like a lot. So that's like good a, job, Bioware. I think that's, uh, I saw the developer's name before and it's escaping me. I think it starts with an A, but they had a whole piece about, this developer bringing KOTOR to the iOS and Mac and how people were like super happy about it. There was a whole article. I think I showed it to you once, but yeah. I'll look for it. But anyways, yeah. Thank you yeah. for an amazing game and thanks for wasting uh, five years of my life playing that game. <laughs> yeah, same. All right. I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. I think I'm done. I think it's time. May the force be with you, Justin. And also with you. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. 
Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.